0: It's What's the Point from 530. My name is Jody Avigan. So often at the top of the show, I say something like, this week we're discussing so and so. But that's actually especially true this week because by this week, I mean a whole week. We're trying a bit of an experiment, one short episode a day, 10 minutes or so, every day for a full week. Now, this is all centered around one of the most ambitious projects 538 has ever done a big series on guns and gun deaths. Who dies from guns in this country and how we can try to go about addressing the problem? You can go see that series on the site right now. It basically involves every part of our little shop. And when I first heard about it, editor Simone Landon told me there would be seven main feature articles. Seven articles, I thought, seven days in a week. It's perfect. So I did a mini interview with each of the writers and will drop one into the feed each day for the next week. You can listen day by day or wait until the end and binge, or you can stop listening right now. It's really up to you. But it's an amazing, inspiring, important project. You'll hear from our economics writers, our health writers, our social science writers. And the first conversation is with Simone Landon, who wrangled this whole project together. She also wrote the introduction to the piece and will help frame a little bit of the issues for our subsequent conversations here on What's the Point. So, the first in our conversations is coming up in a minute, but first, a word from this week's sponsor. What's the Point is brought to you by Helix Sleep. You're unique, you don't walk like everyone else, you don't talk like everyone else, you have better podcast taste than everyone else, and you don't sleep like everyone else. At HelixSleep.com, you can go and answer a few questions about your body type and how you like to sleep, and they will create a 3D model of your body that they will use to help you find the most comfortable mattress you've ever slept on. Helix customers report a 30% improvement in overall sleep quality. And for couples, you can customize each side of the mattress to your body type and preferences. Your mattress arrives at your door in about a week, and shipping is 100% free. You have 100 nights to try it out, and if you don't love it, Helix will pick it up for free and give you a full refund, no questions asked. Right now, go to helixsleep.com slash 538 and get $50 off your order. That's helixsleep.com slash 538. Go ahead and make a 3D model of yourself. Find the right mattress. helixsleep.com slash 538. And now, the first in our series of mini conversations, one a day, about 538's guns project. Here is editor Simone Landon on the basic question she and the writers were trying to address.
1: There are 33,000 or so gun deaths in America each year, which is, a, a, I think, a high number if you agree that death is a, a negative thing or sort of violent death is a negative thing. Um, and we started with a very, very simple research and reporting question, which is what would it take to bring that number down? And when there is a mass shooting like in Orlando or like in Charleston or Santa Barbara um, or Oregon or any number of these, um, they get a lot of media attention and people start to talk about the solutions that they care about, whether that's the assault weapons ban, which expired in Congress you know, over a decade ago, whether that's universal background checks, which President Obama called for after Sandy Hook um, and people have been calling for ever since. There are, there are all these sort of things that are in the the popular imagination of what might be solutions for gun violence and and we wanted to know whether those things actually worked and, and also what things weren't getting talked about that worked and also what was getting talked about that didn 't work and
0: but the first step, and as is often the first step in the kind of work we do is to just try and get our head around what is in that number right. and so there is um, a visualization on the site that people can see and and you sort of walk through the different categories of gun deaths that go into that 33,000. So what did you learn? And in particular, what do you think is, is surprising or are people not realizing?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I think the important thing is there's no such thing as one kind of gun death. And I mean, the CDC, which is the Centers for disease control and prevention, their data underlies uh, this entire project. They, they count all of the people who, who die from guns each year or are fatally shot, depending on the way you want to talk about that. Um, and, the three ways you can you can be fatally shot are suicide, homicide, or an accident. And then there's a much smaller sort of undetermined category where the CDC, in their data, they just don't know what happened or aren't willing to say. Um, and, you know... I think the most surprising thing for for me, just as a reader of this project, and and I think for a lot of people who come to it, is that nearly two-thirds of those 33,000 gun deaths each year are are suicides. Uh, And that's sort of a shocking figure and one that we we don't talk about very much when you think about gun death. I think people tend to think about homicide. Um, But two-thirds of people who who are fatally shot each year are suicides. Um, Another third, almost, um, are, are homicides. And then the the rest are this very small category of, of accidents and undetermined. In addition to looking at those three big categories of of fatalities, I think it's important to approach this as different affected populations. Uh, A suicide victim of gun violence is going to be different from a homicide victim of gun violence is going to be different from an accidental victim of gun violence. And we decided to approach this in sort of a public health way, really, um, which, again, is why we're using CDC data. That is the best data that's out there. Um, But they also sort of look at it from this is a cause of death. This is a public health issue. You know, it looks very different across those categories, depending on what you're looking at. So, you know, in in both suicide and homicide, um, around 85 percent of all deaths are men. And um, in the suicide category, more than half are, are older men. I think that's another surprising hmm. finding. Um, and in the, in the homicide category, more than half are young men between the ages of 15 and 34. And so... How you treat or how you approach solutions for those different populations, I think is very different if you're trying to trying to bring down gun violence that that's killing young men in cities versus trying to bring down gun violence that's killing older men in rural areas who are dying by suicide, those are very different um, public health approaches solutions approaches, and you know saying background checks is going to solve all of that is you know it might have some effect on both, but there are more targeted approaches that you need for. Each of those populations.
0: I think there's also a bit of an element of media critique to some extent at the at the bottom of this um, project, in that, as you hinted at, mass shootings get. Uh, a, a lot of attention. And then if you put them in context, I mean, there's too many mass shootings, but they are not nearly as much as the sort of drumbeat of day-to-day homicides. Uh, but then also we hear a lot about accidental deaths. Uh, people like to talk about how a, t- a toddler can get, a, get their hands on a gun and accidentally shoot someone. So what other kind of context do you feel like is important in this in this project as we, as we try and get some clarity around these numbers?
1: Yeah, and one thing we wanted to think about in our approach and our reporting was how, whether we were sort of replicating that kind of bias, that media bias that you're talking about, Jody, Um, and also just how we could pay more attention to the things that are, again, of larger, I don't want to say I don't want to put an accidental shooting mm-hmm. against a, sui- a suicide against a mass shooting, but I think when you look at the numbers and you see 20,000 suicides each year, that's something that we need to be reporting on and talking about more. And we're certainly not the only ones to notice that discrepancy um, or to do really good reporting or work on this. And and one piece of the project is sort of a a recommended reading from, um, from our reporters on who they think is is doing good work on this, both in the sort of academic realm, but also um, in the journalism realm. So thinking about putting these things in context, there's also, you know, you should, as a reader, you're going to have your own interests, your own sort of feelings and engagement with this topic, um, and we wanted we wanted to make sure that we were comprehensive in the approach, and that we were giving everyone something. <laughs> um, so people who have been have been worried about you know toddlers with access to guns shooting each other, um, we're going to address that problem. We're going to talk about what accidental shootings look like and what some of the ideas are for for preventing them. Um, for people who you know sadly know someone who died by suicide and are curious about what. Um, what is being tried in the policy arena, what is being tried in the sort of public health arena to address that problem. We have stories for them. Um, and again, the, this focus being on what, what would it take to bring that number down? Um, and it's going to be across populations. You might say, you know what? We have the answer for accidents. I don't think that we do, but we have the ex- answer for accidents. So let's, let's just implement that policy. You're going to reduce all the accidents. Even if you brought all the accident, accidental gun deaths to zero, uh, that's about 500 per year. And so you're still left with thirty three thousand remaining that you want to try to address.
0: So it looks like you're shifting the focus to the people who are affected and the populations that are affected. But is the implication of that that it, that in a weird way, like thinking about gun deaths is not thinking about? Guns?
1: Yeah, I think that is that's been a surprise. Another surprising insight for me, just reading across these stories. And um, part of that part of that is because of where we are in the politics of this issue that um, it feels pretty intractable. And uh, either side of of pro gun rights or pro gun control have a hard time. I think talking to each other. There's a lot of misinformation on both sides and, and misunderstanding on both sides. Um, and what was interesting when you when you start to look at okay what is being done what are the what are the policies that are being tried uh, for example there are pretty strong, there's a pretty strong mental health effort in Wyoming where they have one of the highest suicide rates in the nation to try to address this. Um, the people who are who are working on this have realized that often they can't make guns part of the conversation, or they can make them part of the conversation, but the things that are going to be most effective are not about gun control, are not uh, talking about reducing access, though in some cases the, the best evidence shows that reduced access would have an impact. It's what are the things, how can we get around basically the politics of this issue because it's become so toxic? and and intractable and and still find and still find some successes in some cases
0: so as i as we mentioned there are sort of seven tentpole pieces to this project uh in addition to a lot of other visualizations and and sidebars and so forth um and we will go through each one of those and talk to different writers who, who who worked on each of those but as the editor of this whole project as we wrap up uh Kind of, how do you want readers to approach this? We're we're going to drop this all at once, right? It's mm-hmm. going to be there for everyone. But is it, as you said, find the, the the slice that interests you and dive in, or do you want people to read it as a magazine from front to back? <laughs> or
1: everyone should read every single uh-huh. word. Yeah. <laughs> I I hope people come away with just a, a better sense of context. I think that's one thing that we strive for very often here at Five Thirty Eight, and um, I think the the interactive is going to be really compelling because the you know the CDC makes this data available. It's not a secret, but it is hard to navigate and we're trying to make that more accessible for people and for them to find the things that they're interested in. One thing I was really interested in is it's how women die from guns. And you know, fifteen percent of gun deaths each year are women, which is not large compared to the 85% who are men, but in that fifteen percent, um, you know, most are suicides and then a, a very large share are domestic violence um, incidents. And that's that's again, just a different kind of problem to approach, um, and a different kind of solution is needed for those for those victims. And so I hope people come away with a sort of sense of context and scale um, that you know, if you are, concerned about gun death if you are concerned about bringing that thirty-three thousand number down um what it would take is is not just one thing there's no one size fits all solution it's um lots of sort of different and targeted interventions and and in a lot of cases we don't know what works and we more research and understanding is needed
0: uh, simone thank you for working on this and uh, and in addition to everyone else here at 538 who worked really hard on this and we're now going to dive into our seven conversations so thanks thanks for setting this up thanks jody Thanks to Chadwick Matlin, Lucina Malesio, Tony Chow, and Simone Landon for helping with this series. My name is Jody Avergan, and I'll see you soon.